Well, hey, everyone. I hope you're all hanging in there through this crazy situation we're all finding ourselves in. Welcome to a special episode of the F-Stop Collaborate and Listen podcast. This week, we have assembled a fabulous panel of full-time professional photographers to talk all about their thoughts on the COVID-19 outbreak and the impact that it is having on the landscape photography industry. We also discuss how photographers can pivot and take advantage of this situation, and we discuss some ways in which each of the panelists are adjusting to the situation. We also talk about how the photography community can provide support to other industries and how other photographers can support each other through these tough times. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Special thanks to Jennifer King for helping organize it. Lastly, if you're looking at a way to support the community even further, there's a really amazing opportunity to do just that. You can join over 60 world-class photographers, and me, not sure how that happened, at the Out of Chicago Live Online Global Photography Conference, taking place April 24th through the 26th. Without leaving home, you can immerse yourself in photography inspiration and learning with three days of live presentations and over 100 interactive sessions, including panel discussions, tutorials, individual photo challenges, and group image reviews from many former guests of the podcast. Learn online face-to-face with photographers that absolutely love to teach. For more information, visit www.outofchicago.com slash live. Okay, let's get to the show. Well, welcome to the podcast. We have a really awesome panel of amazing photographers with us today to talk about COVID-19. So let's let's introduce our panel, starting with Tony Sweet. Hey, guys. Hi. Welcome. Uh, It's great to be here. I'm a professional nature photographer. Been doing this for, uh, let's say, a few years and written a few books (laughs) and uh, teach workshops and uh, look forward to discussing the uh, future of our business here. Awesome. And uh, Colby Brown. Hey, everyone. So my name is Colby Brown. I'm a landscape travel and wildlife photographer. I've uh, been doing this for about 13 years. Coincidentally, I have a little bit of a history and background in this whole pandemic mitigation stuff. So I'm interested to see yeah, where our industry goes and what everyone else has to say. Awesome. Uh, Jennifer King. Hey, everybody. Jennifer here. Good to be here and happy to talk about what's going on and how it's going to impact photography business and photographers across the world. Um, I'm a landscape and wildlife photographer and founder of PFABC.org. So look forward to talking with you. Awesome. Thanks. And Charles Needle. Hey, everyone. I'm Charles, uh, based in California, soon to be Colorado, a uh, fine art photographer and workshop leader like everybody else here. And author and uh, specialize in creative macro in-camera impressionism and creative iPhone photography and uh, super excited, honored to be here and uh, be a very interesting discussion. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Jared Lloyd. Uh, yeah. How's it going, everybody? This is Jared Lloyd. Um, I am a wildlife photographer and like everybody else here, I lead workshops around the world. And I also publish the Journal of Wildlife Photography. 
Awesome. And uh, last but not least, Tim Cooper. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining and uh, welcome. And uh, like everybody else, I am also a workshop instructor and author and um, specialize in uh, night photography and digital editing, both Lightroom and Photoshop, written a couple books on those things. And uh, also happy to be here and chat about this uh, crazy time we're in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just jump right into the questions. Uh, my first question is, and I'm going to just start off with Charles. Uh, how are you responding as a full-time professional to the particular situation we find ourselves in? Well, I'm just kind of riding the wave like everyone else. Uh, had to make some adjustments, pretty much canceled everything up to late June. And one of my biggest trips of the year uh, is taking people to Monet's Garden in France with private access. And of course, that went bye-bye. And also uh, had about 13 people signed up to go to Holland and a bunch of other stuff, scouting trips, all of that. So um, everybody seems to have been agreeable to just kind of shift things to next year. So uh, that's been good. Uh, I've been focusing on moving at the moment. So it's kind of good timing for me in terms of that. But um, yeah, it's uh, a, a little bit scary what's happening, but uh, I think it's an opportunity. We have to try to look at it as an opportunity to try and uh, reach clients in new ways and, and just keep sharing and inspiring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you, Jared? Uh, so, you know, like everybody else here, I'm sure I've had to cancel or basically clear my schedule all the way through to the end of May um, and hopefully no further beyond that. So um, what I've been doing personally, though, I've been kind of trying to reach out to, let's say, my community of wildlife photographers that uh, that follow me online and uh, try and basically be some sort of uh, a source of inspiration for them. Let them know that just because this is weird, crazy times uh, in which we're kind of, you know, experiencing, you know, shelter in place laws, quarantine laws, stuff like that, uh, that's no reason to not still be a wildlife photographer because there's always still plenty of edited or excuse me, still plenty of images that need to be edited, plenty of time now to be able to master Photoshop, Lightroom, stuff like that. And so a lot of what I've done is kind of shift over more towards just kind of digital publications or digital um, communication with folks to uh, to try and inspire, inspire them to get out. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that, that sounds like a really good idea. Uh, what about for you, Tim? Yeah, kind of the same thing there. You know, this is the perfect time for people to uh, uh, be staying at home and organizing their Lightroom catalogs and trying to really figure that out uh, for the people that are less familiar with it. So we're doing uh, at National Parks at Night, we're doing a lot of uh, live blog chats um, where people can uh, uh, kind of check in and uh, ask questions. And what we're doing is uh, discussing uh, blog posts that we've written. And, uh, you know, one of the other members of the team will interview um, and I'm going to be doing some, um, uh, some, uh, hopefully creating content for B and H and also getting that out there, uh, revolving again around, uh, Lightroom. I think it's just such a great time for people to dig in. And finally, uh, as Jared mentioned, you know, learn Lightroom, learn Photoshop and get that, uh, chaos organized. Yeah, I was, I was lucky enough. I had just done a photo trip to the desert Southwest the week before this all went down. And so I had, a nice library of images to edit and I've been trying out new techniques. So that's been <laughs> kind of fun. Um, what about uh, you, Jennifer? Well, I was actually in Death Valley when this came about and had a workshop that was scheduled to come in. So I got in touch with everybody. We rescheduled that as well as most of the workshops um, through the end of May. Hopefully our summer workshops will continue. Um, 
So I came home and went into lockdown because I, I flew across country and I'm not quite at 14 days, but where I am I'm starting a mandatory lockdown tomorrow for an additional 21 days. So it's going to be a long mm. time before I get out. But this gives me a lot of time to reflect. And I would say the first almost two weeks that I've been back home and locked down um, watching the news, it's become frightening, a little depressing. And so I decided to try and do something to help people stay motivated, photographers in our community. So I put together a little a photo a day group on Facebook. And we've got a lot of people posting photos every day, whether it's something from home, something from the past, anything just to help keep people motivated and happy. And I think that's something, you know, that we can all do because this is a tough time for everybody emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about for you, Tony? Oh, we just, um, we just got back from the uh, uh, Carolina Nature Photographers uh, convention, just walked in the door and this thing kind of broke, you know, and I'm kind of a, 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 a very touchy person, you know, so to have this come down to like, you know, six feet is kind of killing me, you know, but the, uh, <laughs> it, it is, man, it's rough. You know, handshakes, what, what are you kidding? You know, yeah, but it's like, uh, that's how it is right now. And um, that was a great event. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the last one of its kind. Mm. Mm. Some people in a room, you know, that might be, uh, that might be something we'll see change mm. in the future. I hope not, but um, that's a possibility. Yeah. What am I I'm working out twice a day and uh, shooting some pool and doing a lot of processing and posting stuff online and trying to remain social and sociable. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, it sounds like you need a hug, bro. Yeah, you know, man, <laughs> every day, don't we all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what about for you, Colby? Well, I was in, um, like Jennifer, I was, I was out in the field when this happened. So I was in Cuba with workshop clients, actually, when things started to get a little bit hectic. So I had to kind of emergency, you know, fly everyone out before the workshop ended and get everyone back stateside and on U.S. soil just in case uh, things really closed down. Uh, but since I've gotten back, I've, I've, today is actually my 14th day of my uh, two-week mandatory quarantine um, I haven't gone outside the house. I've spent a lot of time, like everyone else, post-processing, uh, spending a lot of time with my family, which is, you know, something that um, I think a lot of us sometimes take for granted. So I, I have an eight-year-old son and been playing with him every day and having a lot of uh, fun doing that, um, you know, and like everyone else, kind of biding our time, seeing how things develop and, you know, uh, preparing for the uh, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best is I think the best most of us can do at this stage. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess my follow-up question to all this is um, what do you think what do you think other photographers can do during this pandemic to survive and or be ready uh, to kind of pounce on the situation after it's all over? And um, I guess I'll start with uh, you, Tony. Oh wow. Um, we're planning uh, 2021 and 2022 workshops, first of all. I think this year is going to be mostly a bust for us. We're planning on that, but hoping we work later in the year. But um, that's where we are right now, just uh, getting ready, planning in the future. And um, what's the question again? I lost track of the, the train of thought. <laughs> well, I think it's, um, you know, like, what are some things that photogra photographers can do to survive oh, this and be ready when once it's all over with well, what the average person could do would be just to do some light box photography yeah, aside from processing you know and 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 stuff like that which is fun to do indoors mm -hmm. and getting ready for the future uh like i said just plan in advance and and keep uh 
a, uh, a very uh, uh, a busy online presence. Be positive, be supportive, invite um, questions from people, that kind of thing. Just stay mm-hmm. involved in the, uh, in the uh, community as much as possible. Yeah, Colby, go ahead. Yeah, I was just just to add on to that. I think it's you know a, a wonderful time to to kind of capitalize on on that mentality of of digital social interaction. Obviously, we're we're meant to keep six feet physically away from each other, but there's so many great online resources and groups, including many that are run from you know people that are on this podcast, as well as other ones out there on Instagram, on WhatsApp groups, on Facebook to kind of stay engaged and help each other out. I, I think right now is kind of a time of community focus and community uplifting and, and, you know, inspiring one another and, and, you know, trying to find positivity within the chaos. And I think we have all these resources that, again, I think a lot of us have taken for granted in the past. And now that we're, you know, vast majority of us are mandated to, to be home for the foreseeable future. Um, I think it's a great time to, you know, find a pathway and and utilize some of those things, but, you know, also to, to find some sanity. And I think it's still okay to go outside in your backyard and get some sunshine. I think it's, you know, things like that are are still quite important. You just got to be careful and obviously don't push things too far. Yeah. I think it's a, it's actually an interesting opportunity to, uh, you know, work on your website, maybe record some content, write some blog posts. I think there's a lot of things that people can be doing that they're, you normally people say, well, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> um, uh, what about for you, Tim? Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, come in after Colby. And I think what, you know, he and Tony and Jennifer had to say is really important, you know, staying engaged socially. But I would add that uh, it's also a, a time for, you know, creative challenges. You know, I think we've probably all at one point in our lives or another have done that photo a day or iPhone photo a day or whatever it may be. Um, and I think we all realize how important that is and how it keeps us sharp and keeps us looking at light and composition. Um, so I would say, you know, you stay engaged with taking pictures, even if it's photographs in your house with your iPhone, it doesn't matter once a day is going to, you know, keep our mind from atrophying our photo skills from atrophying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jennifer? Yeah, actually, I just wanted to mention that I think if you're able to go outside, even for just a few minutes, just around your house or or yard a little bit, there's a lot of treasures out there to photograph. Um, everything from little flowers to maybe little animals, birds. I got a ladder out and went to the cherry tree in my yard and climbed up it to just clip a little piece off so I could do some macro work. But I believe everybody's going to find something around their home that they can photograph. And another idea as far as creative challenges go, you know, this is a great time to try something new. And I've, I've always believed that if you step outside of your comfort zone and photograph something different, ultimately what you like to photograph, whether it be wildlife or landscapes or flowers, if you're photographing something different, you're going to learn from that. So you can bring that back to your experience when this is over. Um, I know that food markets are delivering food right now, and a lot of them have flowers. So you can even get some flowers ordered when they're delivering your food. So just something to think about, or even photographing food, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about uh, what about for you, Charles? So I think this really could be an opportunity for deeper reflection, um, maybe taking a a wider view of your entire photo library, seeing if there are any patterns that may be emerging, things like that to sort of, you know, reflect and without getting too Zen uh, or philosophical about it, but uh, 
look for you know situations or things that have uh, you've been drawn to and what that might mean for you and from a psychological standpoint all of that uh, you know why am I drawn to patterns for instance and all of that and, and what that may mean for you personally in your own personal life yeah <clears throat> so basically what you're saying is we should all we should all channel our inner Gaital. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, what about for you, Jared? Uh, yeah, I really agree with what Tim and Jennifer said there. I think they kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, to some degree, there's going to be kind of a fundamental shift here in terms of you know how we're looking at photography. Obviously, kind of being stuck at home at this time period, it's a great opportunity to kind of shift, let's say, genres of photography and start experimenting with other things. But you know. A lot of us that are on this panel spend quite a bit of time on airlines traveling around the world to do what we do. And I think that this is really a perfect time to kind of start looking more inward or closer to home, if you will. And uh, so, you know, there's no reason if you're unless you're in an urban area and under some sort of shelter in place law right now that says you're not even allowed to leave your house, that you can't at least walk into, let's say, the woodlot beside your neighborhood and start kind of actually getting to know the natural history of that place, looking around for pecker cavities and owl nests and things like that. Um, you know, springtime, gosh, I, I got to be honest with you. I kind of feel like, you know, this could not have hit at a better time, actually, for a lot of photographers that are going to be stuck kind of close to home doing this sort of thing, because, you know, so much is actually happening right now. Like Jennifer said, she was, you know, cutting flower blossoms to photograph. And, you know, we're smack dab in the middle of bird migrations right now. There's animals out there that are, you know, like red foxes that are beginning to dig their dens and uh, birds that are beginning to set up their nests. So there's so much wildlife, you know, right around us in either an urban or even a suburban sort of situation. And now is the perfect time to finally take that opportunity to really get to know your own neighborhood, I think. Mm, I think that's a, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, I know I'm in, I'm in Colorado, so we have a like stay at home order, but you know, there's exceptions to that. And I think, you know, taking a walk to the nearest little public space where you can take pictures of trees and different things of that nature is a, is a fantastic idea. Um, well, I guess kind of shifting to the next set of questions here, how can the industry itself pivot to survive this? And um, let's start with Colby. Well, that's a, that's a tough question. Um you know, we've never had to necessarily deal with something like this that is most likely going to last as long as it's going to last. I mean, obviously, most of us uh, were, you know, around for September 11th and kind of the disruption that brought to all industries out there. Um, but in terms of where we're going to go as an industry, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, right now, for the next couple months, if not till the end of the year, as Tony was mentioning, travel is going to be quite restricted, especially internationally, if not arguably domestically as well. Um, and I think those types of things with this focus on the digital age, digital connectivity is going to play a more significant role. How that's going to look with so many people trying to do very similar things uh, is, is, I don't know. It, it's going to be challenging, to be honest. Um, I, I think I think the last question was kind of uh, very, you know, prime to kind of try to figure out where, you know, figure out how we could be ready for when things do open up. But I worry in the sense of how many people are still going to be able to do this, at least from the business side of things, everyone on this, you know, all the people that are on this podcast to be able to survive and weather the storm. 
Um, and then what's going to look like when we all get back out there and, and what is the economy going to look when we get back out there? Um, I don't want to make this all doom and gloom. It's just, there's a lot of variables out there that I think we don't really know yet. And so it's really hard to kind of speculate where we might be because the, you know, the issues from a health standpoint and the economic standpoint, and both of them are going to be hitting together pretty hard in the next two months. And it's going to kind of decide where we go as a species, as a country and as an industry. Um, but right now it's really hard for me to speculate. I'm, I'm interested to see what everyone else has to say here, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see which direction it goes because right now it's, uh, as everyone's saying, it's a little bit scary. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Jennifer? Well, I, I agree with Colby. Absolutely. I, we have no idea what to expect, where this is going, what's going to happen with the economy and how it's going to affect everybody. But most of you that know me, I am extremely optimistic and, and always probably over positive at times. So <laughs> I have to do that mentally to be able to get through this, as I'm sure a lot of other people do. So I think, you know, we're the industry is going to take a hit. It's going to change. It's going to be different for a while. And we can find ways to get through that as professional photographers by offering different services like you know, getting our books published, getting um, different tutorials out there, offering portfolio reviews, anything like that that can help um, people who have been taking our workshops for a long time. Um, but I also think it's important to have an attitude of everything's going to be okay in the long run, that as humanity, we're resilient, we're strong, we can get through this. And with that being said, you know, I'm going to continue to plan workshops um, going into next year, which I've already done, and into 2022 in hopes that something will go through. Of course, I'll be more cautious about how I work with other vendors, make sure that we're both on the same page. So, you know, people in France that I might be working with now, we have an agreement on how things can proceed should the economy take longer to, to fix itself. Um, but, you know, I think we are photographers, we're instructors, teachers, that's not going to change. So for me, I'm going to continue moving forward. No, I, I like that. <clears throat> I think, you know, keeping optim keeping a forward view optimistically is a really great idea. And I'm sure people listening really appreciate someone's actually saying that because, you know, if you read the news right now, it's it's not the best. So hearing other people kind of provide some positivity, I think is important right now. What about for you, Tim? Well, I'm going to be the Eeyore to uh, Jennifer's Winnie the Pooh. But no, I'm just teasing. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with uh, Jennifer more. I think um, the positive outlook is really super important. Um, you know, and Colby mentioned, you know, September 11th. And uh, for those of us that were running workshops at that time, we remember what that was like. And uh, eventually uh, the industry rebounded. Um, of course, this is a little bit more serious, I think, uh, a lot more serious in the way that we're having to, uh, you know, shelter in place and everything. But I too, I, I think it will pass. And the one thing that I've that I've noticed about about photography and at least teaching workshops is that that experience of being on a workshop and learning on a workshop is basically irreplaceable. So while we can get by with the online education for now and the social, uh, you know, meeting and everything, I think that's super important. But ultimately, we've got to be able to get back to running workshops where I think it's sort of the perfect trifecta for people to learn photography and to travel. And so I'm just really hoping that that will, you know, the economy will allow that. And, um, 
And I think it will. And, uh, uh, you know, and people will be open to traveling again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's been interesting for me to kind of watching how other other photographers are reacting to this you know some people are um you know being really negative about it and posting news stories and all that and then other people are taking it as a huge opportunity to completely shift how they run their business and how they engage uh with with the public in terms of offering unique things that that you know may maybe no one else has even thought of right now so i think being, uh, you know, creative right now as a business person is a pretty, pretty good idea. <laughs> next, uh, the next question I have is, um, what messaging should photographers be sending to their fans right now? And I'm going to start with Tony. Wow. Hey, yeah. What message are we sending? Right. Um, well, like everyone else, I'm trying to be positive and, um, I said, like, keep uploading things, keep uh, commenting on, on pictures, keep inviting people to get involved in our online activities, you know. But um, back to the previous question, I'm pretty sure that we're all in a holding pattern, and I mean all of us. So uh, it, it's just be positive is all you can do and make suggestions how to um, spend their days. Most people, what we got to remember is that most of us in this business, most of our clients are probably 50 or older, you know. Mm. So they're look at future travels might be a little different than somebody who's younger. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good, good observation for sure. I think a lot of people that are older or close to retirement are probably, you know, more worried on the financial side of things. Uh, Colby. Yeah. Just to quickly chime in on that. I mean, it, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of workshop instructors over the you know last couple of years and, you know, looking at my own workshops were, for, for whatever reason, maybe it's, it's branding, maybe it's, it's, you know, how I advertise or it's just the clientele that are attracted to the places I go or whatnot. But I find that a lot of my clients are a bit younger compared to the average age of uh, a lot of the workshops that are run out there, which is interesting because it always brings up this, this interesting dichotomy, especially right now with, with COVID-19, as you were just mentioning, where not only are, you know, are, are the older clientele potentially, you know, more worried, rightfully so, because of susceptibility towards compromised immune systems and all these things, but also with the hit on the economy. And I think that, you know, something that I've been thinking proactively about over the last two weeks that I've been in self-quarantine is, you know, how do I reach, continue to reach more, you know, the the younger demographics, the the, the people that might be the larger portion of the the lion's share of people that want to take these workshops moving forward as things begin to open up because to me this isn't going to happen in a black or white it's not going to be a light switch and it's all of a sudden we're back and people are ready to travel it's going to be a slow burn and it will be it'll be interesting to see how all of us adapt and try to to reach new people and to try to do and be creative and adaptable as you said and be positive with our messaging and with the uh, the medians in which we try to reach people so that we can survive in this age. Cause I, I do agree, which I, I think it was Tim that said that the workshops are by and far the best place to learn hands-on learning in a beautiful location um, or, or beautiful setting is one of the best ways for people to, to digest and really hold on to these, you know, hold on to the lessons, but also have the experiences that are amazing. And right now, you know, like I said, we're all in holding patterns. But I think when we come out of this, the industry is going to be different. The clientele are going to be different, at least for 
you know, a handful of months uh, once things, you know, hopefully slowly start to clear up and uh, mm -hmm. we look at, at a different horizon than the entire industry has looked at specifically for the education side of things um, in the past. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Yeah. You know, as far as messaging goes, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of age old and everybody is saying it now, but, you know, in crisis, there's opportunity or whatever is in the way is the way. And, um, I, and I think we all, we need to think about that. And it just sort of goes back to what has been said over and over by, uh, the whole panel here, but, you know, uh, photography for, for most of us is something that is our joy. And, um, this is a great opportunity to spend time on, uh, on our images and on our creativity. And I don't want people to lose sight of that. You know, um, a lot of people are staying home and not working. And this is the opportunity that we always want to have more time to work on our images and delve into our craft. And so I would say stay positive and, um, and just remember, this is a blessing in disguise for uh, being able to be more creative and work on our images. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charles or Jared, do you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, uh, I, this is Charles. I echo what everybody's been saying here about staying positive and, you know, experimenting, trying creative ways of image making as well as post-processing and all of that. Um, and yes, the industry, I think, is going to change, but I, I'm confident that and optimistic it is going to bounce back. Uh, may not be quickly, but I think we'll we'll all survive. And photography really is kind of a solo craft and people need to remember that. So uh, it's just really nice to be able to do it in a social way in a workshop setting too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm like the only extroverted landscape photographer I know. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Jared? Yeah, I think that I think that positivity and trying to stay inspired right now are the biggest things. I mean, a lot of us kind of, let's say, find our steady state for mental health and stuff like that from being outside. And so now we're in a position where potentially going outside might actually be restricted by the law, for instance. Um, but I think that everybody here has raised really great points about this sort of stuff. And if we look back kind of like, let's say, just the history of economic recessions and things like that, I mean, at the end of those recessions, we find that there's been these kind of societal and economic shifts that occur, new businesses are formed. And basically these sort of, let's say, hiccups in the normal way of life are the perfect opportunities for creatives like us to start thinking laterally and outside of the boxes that we kind of built around us. And whether that's, you know, something that speaks towards a photographer that's in business for themselves, or that speaks to, you know, somebody that pursues photography just for the love of it. Now is the perfect time for you to start to experiment and think creatively and get outside of the box that you've built around yourself these past several years. Mm. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I, I want to just say something pretty simply, and that's when this is over, we're all going to be here. You know, what, what is so amazing to me, and I am a newcomer relatively to the workshop industry, but in crisis and in a time of need, we've all, everyone in this panel and several more people and photographers, many of us have come together to try and help each other so that we can come up with an industry-wide response as to how we handle things and how we do things. And that's what's so special about photographers in general is that we're very caring, kind people. Um, artists and photographers just share this um, natural 
desire to help each other. And I guess that might be why we instruct and we are teachers as well. So we're going to be here. So we just look forward to when you can come back and do workshops out in the field with us. I have a follow-up question to that, Jennifer, and for really anyone who wants to answer. But um, I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners are curious as well, uh, if, if, if you're aware of any ways that people can get more involved to help other photographers in the, in the industry, whether it be, um, you know, some kind of social media group or, or, you know, some kind of effort to get involved in? Like, what are some of the things that you've become aware of through this? Well, I think social media groups are fantastic right now. There are a lot of groups out there that are addressing not just photography, but the coronavirus, and they're trying to help each other. And I think that's something that's very important. Most of us have access to our computers and a lot of time on our hands right now. So get involved with social media, find the groups that you can do a photo a day with. I think that's really important. Um, And also take time to be reflective of your own material. Go back, look at stuff you did a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, see how you've improved. See if you can improve and go back and do some reprocessing. Um, We're constantly learning. So going back and studying what you've done is a really great way to become even better the next time you are able to go out and do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've been trying to become more aware of is how to support um, photographers or websites or, uh, you know, different industry, I guess, I don't know, resources that might be struggling through this. One of them that I'm aware of is uh, Nature Photographers Network or NPN. They, um, they kind of asked sent out an email and asked for people to, you know, contribute articles or, uh, you know, they actually have a COVID-19 support forum on their website for other photographers. I'm curious if anyone is aware of other things um, like that. And I saw Tim, you raised your hand also. Uh, Yeah, actually, I was going to go back to what uh, Jennifer was saying. I'm not really super aware of what may be happening as far as support groups, but um, I think this is a really good time for, uh, uh, and people here on the panel have used the word reflection, and I think it's a really good time to get feedback on your work. You mm. know? So most of us all have uh, the opportunity or the ability to uh, uh, engage with our clients and and give them virtual feedback, which uh, you know I plan on doing. I used to do a post called Critique of the Week, where people would send in you know images for critique, and then I would record the critique and send it out and post it. And um, that worked out real nice. And I'm c- certainly going to return to that. Um, uh, somebody else also mentioned portfolio reviews, and so I think uh, you know reaching out to your favorite instructors and uh, looking for some you know, for some feedback that can be done online, uh, still keeps us engaged and keeps us learning. Mm, I, I love that idea. I, I mean, I would definitely encourage people to to reach out right now um, to see how they can help other photographers or, you know, if they have different ideas, you know, share those with, share them with the industry. Because I think there's a lot of people out there, if you ask, they're, wi- they're willing to step up and help. Um, that's definitely something that I've I've noticed that's happening quite a bit, which is really nice to see. Um, well, this is kind of a, Oh, Jared, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, I was just going to add that. I think that, you know, different segments of the population, of course, are being affected differently through this whole thing. And, uh, you know, let's say restaurant workers, service workers in general, a lot of them have been laid off through this whole scenario. So there are organizations out there that are outside of the photography communities that, um, you know, are worthwhile for donating money to, um, you know, like, mm. for instance, we're using our business to donate 10% of all of our profits to the COVID-19 response fund. Um, you know, wildlife rehabilitators in your area, you know, are all starting to struggle very much from donations and stuff like that, right? As we move into the quote unquote baby season for a lot of the animals that are being brought in and that they're caring for and they need supplies. And uh, even say your local SPCA, uh, the people that work there are also feeling the effects of this. And so now is a perfect opportunity to go down and, you know, whether you adopt a dog or just simply foster a dog uh, for the duration of the pandemic, you know, any little thing like that can help. So I think it's just really a matter of kind of identifying the things that really speak to you and then just figuring out ways to plug in there, um, even outside of, like I said, the photography community in specific. Mm, I love that. And I think that's an interesting opportunity also to reflect upon, you know, as photographers, how can we, given our, our specific skill sets that we have, how can we uh, help out some of those people, whether it be, I don't know, like donating our work to different causes or, or things of that nature. Uh, what do you say, Colby? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to really quickly add on to all the great information that was just shared and, you know, talk to the people listening that also shoot photography, maybe not necessarily always just for a living or do it on the side or whatnot, but they're, you know, as we all try to weather the storm, there's going to be support for this. I mean, a lot of the stuff that was just passed in the Senate actually does work for small business owners as well as freelancers that a lot of people don't know about, that all that was kind of included into the bill, understanding that you can actually file for unemployment and you can get up to 26 weeks of eligibility or 26 to 39 weeks. And you're getting an extra 600 on top of that of whatever you get from your state, which is how you have to file in order to get the extra 600 from the federal on top of that. So there's a lot of information out there. I know Jennifer and our little, um, you know, we have a small WhatsApp group for, for all this, this group here, uh, shared great information on small business loans that have, you know, little to no interest and, you know, uh, offer a lot of opportunities out there for people that are going to try to weather the storm. And if this lasts quite long, um, I think it's important for people to understand what tools they have to help them get through it, not just from a psychological and a creative standpoint, but financial. We all have mortgages to pay. We all have, you know, things that are, are still going to be due in some form or fashion. Um, and a lot of people should know exactly what um, the government's doing, what your state government's doing and what local opportunities you have as well. And um, so, yeah, just inform good information for people. Yeah, that's, that's good. I do like <laughs> the idea of donating. And I guess that's something, you know, you're right. This isn't just about the photo community. There are so many people out there being affected right now. And if you're not able to go foster um, a dog or a cat or can't go into a place like that without coming home with 10 animals, you know, <clears throat> be generous. Be generous with your paycheck or with, you know, your checkbook. Um, not only animals are being affected, but our medical community in general, they are working so hard. They have put themselves in harm's way to protect people. And we're seeing this so prominently in New York and across the country and the world. And it's very sad. And I, I would like to find a, a way to try and help them as well. So I'm sure there's organizations. I know the Red Cross is asking for blood donations. 
um, especially during this time, it's going to be needed. So check your schedules for that and see if you can donate blood or platelets, which are very important right now. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's good to keep in mind for sure. One of the things I was thinking about is like maybe reaching out to some industries that are getting hit hard by it and asking if they want, you know, just some photography donated, you know, after they open again, just to help maybe brighten up their walls or something like that. It's just a weird idea I just had while you were talking, but there's probably lots of ways we can figure out ways to help out as photographers. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, so uh, all of that discussion made me think of something. Uh, I Back when I started doing all of this, I had a, a, at the time it was a video that played in hospitals on their closed circuit television. And uh, it was basically just crappy nature images <laughs> put to music and, uh, you know, I got a call from a guy in the ICU one night saying, you know, this helped me get through the through the night and, and tears were streaming down his face. And, and so there are ways that we can touch these people who may be near the end of their lives. And, you know, I don't know if it, I'm sure most hospitals have kind of a closed circuit TV uh, going and maybe we can somehow put together even five minute little nature breaks or images with music or something that would just be soothing and calming to them hmm. and the healthcare great. workers. Yeah. Right. They're the ones they probably needed. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tim. I think that is a great idea, Charles, and uh, something we could all easily do. And uh, I just, I just wanted to say, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, um, I'm going to, shift gears just a little bit. And uh, it's kind of a follow-up to what was discussed earlier, but I'm curious how each of you are maximizing your creativity during uh, shelter in place or quarantine. What are what are some ways to, to keep the juices of creativity flowing? And I don't think we've heard uh, from Tony in a while. So I wanted to start with you. Yeah, I'm just listening, man. <laughs> but um, well, basically, you know, just keep your head in the game. I mean, this is what this is what I do. I mean, I'm a photographer. I'm also a musician. To get into that, I've I've done music uh, professionally for years. I'm a jazz artist, so I get into that. I still play at the house here when Sue's gone. Uh, I play drums. Sue's got to leave, but I can play for a while. It's true. It's true. And um, I've also done close-up magic, so I kind of practice that a little bit, keep my head in that game a little bit. So I've got plenty. I was an only child, so I've got no problem entertaining myself, you know, so I just try different things all the time. Yeah, it's funny. My um, friend of mine, he's he's like an introvert. He does a lot of through hiking by himself and he works from home. And he, he sent me like a little meme he made of a picture of him. He's like, yeah, this is like what I've been preparing for my whole life. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I was, I just wanted to say it's really easy to get caught up in, in everything that's going on and neglect yourself. So I think it's really important to stay active and do things that make you happy. So when I first came back from Death Valley, I, I had a hard time getting out of bed. Actually, it was like you put the news on, everything's getting scarier by the day. What do I do? And you get absorbed in that and you have to force yourself to get out and do something different. So I'm a musician as well. I've got my guitar here, my ukulele. Um, but even more than that, the other day, after I'm trying to get out of this, 
you know, scary mode. Um, I just went in, I put some music on, just dancing around, having fun, singing. You know, you just got to take advantage of the time you have to yourself to do the things that make you happy. And, and that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyone else? <laughs> or was it just a dumb question? <laughs> I would say just spread it out, man. I would say just spread it out, spread your talent out as far as it goes, not just on one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a great point. You know, I I, I keep seeing on um, – you know, on social media, people are, are bored and, um, you know, looking for things to do. And, you know, frankly, I've never been busier in my entire life. So, I mean, these past two weeks have been nothing but putting out fire after fire, you know, so I actually haven't had a chance to. But, um, but yeah, like Tony and Jennifer, I also, uh, uh, I wouldn't call myself a musician. I would say I own a guitar. Um, so I think there's a real difference there. Um, so I do like to play. I'm look, really looking forward to spending some time doing that. And so I think most people out there have a couple of uh, uh, different hobbies. And uh, I think it's a real good idea to, to stay involved with those. And, you know, like Jennifer says, just not, not pay attention to every bit of news every minute. Well, yeah, not only that, but what you guys are reminding me of, it's a great opportunity to learn new skills or or learn a new uh, creative outlet that maybe you've always wanted to try to pursue. Um, uh, or, you know, it's also a great time to read. <laughs> I don't spend a ton of time reading personally, but man, right now it's like, yeah, I, I have time. I could actually read some books that I've had on my shelf for a while um, to help, you know, become a better person. (laughs) Uh, What else, Tim? Yeah, well, I mean, that's absolutely true. You know, we think about reading and, you know, we've talked about creativity and staying plugged in and staying engaged and stuff. And I think uh, most of the people on this panel have, uh, you know, ready information uh, for folks, whether it's uh, videos or whether it's books uh, or, you know, visiting sites like Creative Live and uh, looking for inspiration and education there. Um, I know I I go to this one little site and it's called greatcourses.com or something and download these video books that are college courses, you know, and that's been a ton of fun, you know, diving into politics and history, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, so, you know, for a lot of the people listening here, you know, photography is their favorite thing. So again, stay engaged, stay involved, look to your uh, favorite photographer. Yeah, absolutely. And politics is Colby's favorite thing. So, um, right, Colby? <laughs> it will politics talking about things that get people engaged. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, you can always go down a rabbit hole on the internet and find a good way to waste a couple hours. <laughs> Especially if you're friends with Colby on Facebook. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I welcome all trolls. That's, that's right. Uh, well, I'm curious. Uh, this is a question from one of our listeners and I, I have a, an opinion about this. But I want to hear kind of what you guys think, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, staying home versus going out into nature alone during this particular uh, pandemic? And I'm, I'm thinking probably a little bit further beyond, you know, the local park or forest next to your house. I'm thinking like, you know, driving 20, 30, 40 an hour away to visit some outdoor locations. What What is your opinion on that and i'm i'm just gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot colby (laughs) Um, pandemic expert colby brown yeah i i think it's a bad idea i mean i i get the 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 need to want to get out i get the need to want to you know find some some peace in the chaos and the new cycles as well as being kind of stuffed in the house for a while but like right now it's so imperative 
that we we try to mitigate what's going on. Like you say that you're going to go out and drive by yourself in a car and then go out, you have to park somewhere. You know, right now, COVID-19, you know, stays in the air for multiple hours. It's been, studies are starting to show. So I think that if, if everyone can hold out for, you know, another couple of weeks, another month, and just kind of wait to see how things go. And then if things start to get a little bit more relaxed, allow us to head out and do it. I think that's great. But I think the problem that happens with all this is that it, it, we, we want to do these things for ourselves to find peace and, and serenity. But what ends up happening is it becomes a very selfish approach to dealing with this because the issue with this disease is not that it's going to affect everyone equally. It's that the vast majority of us are going to be carriers without even knowing that we have it. And so mm-hmm. if we can all just kind of buckle down and just kind of, you know, find ways to get creative to you know watch binge watch the netflix show for the 15th time like there's lots of content out there to consume lots of ways to educate yourself um my recommendation is to stay inside for the foreseeable future or around your neighborhood like like minimize the amount of time you do outside because you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for your parents you're doing it for you know people that are older you're doing it for the random person you you don't want to be in cut you know that, that you don't realize you're going to be in contact with None of us wants to be that one person, or I hope none of us wants to be that one person that accidentally infects someone else and causes them great bodily harm or, um, you know, heaven forbid, uh, you know, mortality um, mm-hmm. and, and, and do that. So, yeah, for me, it's, a, it's an absolute no right now. Um, but, you know, check back in in a month and we'll see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think what people aren't thinking about, too, is, you know, on the off chance that you have some kind of injury or something where you need a medic medical attention you're now putting you know those people at risk because they have to then leave their house to go save you mm-hmm. um uh tony yeah i was just going to say that um and i'm sure we all know this but this is a new virus for humankind you know this is a whole new thing we, we've never had it before and that's why nothing is known about it. That's why the symptoms change every day. There's more of them. There's less of them. You can go out. You can't go out. It, it's No one knows anything. So the safest route is just stay where you are. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jennifer? I agree 100% with, with Tony and Colby and what you said. Um, I know ideally it seems nice that you could go out in nature and have it pretty much to yourself, which which at another time would be wonderful. But that trip to the park, um, you may be forced to encounter a ranger. Like you said, Matt, what if an injury happened? What if you had a flat tire and, and had to call um, you know, somebody to come help you? Every person that you come in contact with then becomes at risk. So I think we need to be socially aware, aware of the crisis that humanity is going through right now, and just buckle down for a little bit longer because it will pass and we'll be able to get out there and, and get into nature again. Yeah, though I will say <laughs> the idea of um, visiting some of those iconic locations by yourself is appealing. <laughs> um, Colby? <laughs> yeah, I just want to add really quick. I just want to make the point that you made that I want to make sure that everyone listening understands with the virus. And that's particularly that the issue that we have in terms of a finite resource is medical beds and personnel and resources around that, masks, ventilators, incubators, things like that. So you're 100% right, whether it's you injure yourself, whether you give someone else COVID-19, that's our finite resource. This is causing higher mortality in places like Italy and Iran and their places. 
So if we can minimize whatever we do, whether it's going outside, whether it's you know, how we how we handle going to the grocery store, you know, whatever it is that we're doing so that we don't continue to add more stress on the system right now that is already stressed, then it's going to help save lives. And that is the number one reason, I think, why we should be doing what we're doing, what everyone is saying here, what you said, what I said earlier with Jennifer, Tony and everyone is that. Don't add any more complications to this because if our systems continue to get maxed, that's when things get really scary. So let's try not to be selfish. Let's stay inside, you know, download some of the tutorials from the amazing photographers we have in this podcast or other people that you like. Scroll through Instagram, binge watch Netflix, whatever you got to do. But let's all try to work together to make this happen. Yeah. And then speaking of Netflix, if you really want to uh get tripped out spend a few minutes watching that tiger king it's it's it will blow your mind a little bit uh i started watching that last night tim <laughs> i just read i just read about the tiger king uh today actually and i had no idea what it was about but i, I was going to go with recommending west wing in the newsroom for people you know <laughs> <laughs> uh it's um Whew, it's fascinating. Um, okay. Anyone else want to add to that or have a contrary opinion? Want to be the bad guy? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on to the next uh, the next question then. Um, uh, so what are some of the positive things that you see coming out of this particular situation, either for the photography industry or just as a, um, as a community as a whole? What are you seeing kind of positive things that are happening out there? And uh, I'm just going to call on Jared. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the photography community, I mean, I guess right off the top of my head, nothing honestly jumps out other than the fact that this is that kind of perfect opportunity to kind of learn your own backyard and to kind of, you know, th- start thinking a little bit more creatively in ways that you haven't had the opportunity to uh, be able to do up until now. But maybe in regards to the community at large, maybe in regards to the world at large, um, I do find that it's interesting and positive how that we're starting to watch, um, let's say, certain kind of, you know, unique and maybe even a little, uh, uh, you know, scary situations in the world with like the rise of nationalism, populism, things like that start to, to kind of crumble. We're watching, you know, researchers and scientists all over the globe starting to cooperate with each other on a grassroots level through, you know, uh, programs like Skype and Zoom and email and stuff as, you know, everybody's sort of pulling together to ultimately fight a common enemy here. I think that this is this is honestly the first time in living memory um, right now that the whole world has experienced something like this together, that we're all in the same sort of shared experience. And so I'm going to be honest, like I'm finding positivity every single day by just following along and watching as, you know, different nations, different researchers, different universities, people that and countries that would have otherwise been at odds are actually coming together now to try and work together to kind of create more of an international community as opposed to, you know, the typical isolated communities that we've been watching ourselves sort of dissolve to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to see all the cooperation across different countries that previously, you know, don't even talk to each other. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I, uh, Jared, I think that's a brilliant observation. And um, and it, to me, I, I hope I, I hope it will continue and I have no doubt it will. And, um, you know, I think this is, again, an opportunity for 
uh, photographers specifically, because as someone mentioned earlier, you know, photography is a solo sport. And so this is a great time to engage. And I see so many people doing so um, online, um, maybe more so than you're used to, uh, especially I know with uh, landscape and wildlife photographers, we are usually by ourselves out there. And uh, yeah, we may share a little bit work, but you know, maybe it's time to form small groups of friends and discuss your work with one another rather than just you know, popping our images up on Instagram for everybody to, to look at, um, but become actually more socially engaged rather than just you know, a like on a photograph or something. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, that's a good observation too, Tim. I'm, I'm curious, kind of a flip, and flip of that question, I'm wondering what it is you wish you saw people doing in the photography community in terms of engaging with each other or how they're, you know, how to engage with the rest of the community or share their work. What are some things that you're hopeful to see out of this? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, a thing that I used to do, and I'm sure this is not uncommon, but, uh, you know, a group of photography instructor friends of mine, we'd get together once a week and bring our work and, you know, we would discuss each other's work. Um, and that, that, that sort of feedback on your work is so imperative to the, to the growth of any photographer, no matter what stage they're at. And, um, this could be a good opportunity to, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, start, uh, uh, Facebook pages or, 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 or something just to get other people in real time, looking at your work, discussing it, getting feedback, just like we do on the workshops. And, um, that could be, you know, something that folks can do. And, uh, you know, we certainly all have the ability to do that now. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next question I have is also from a listener. And the question is, um, what particular lessons does this situation provide for future economic downturns? And how can the industry be better prepared to support photographers in need? And I'm going to start with Charles. Well, I guess we've all been uh, you know, not sure what the economic impact is going to be. But it again, it's an opportunity for people to look for new ways to support uh, photography that were not there before. Um, I can't really think of specific ways that could happen right now offhand, but uh, I do see all of it as an opportunity rather than something we're just sort of stuck in, in kind of a doomsday sort of outlook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um... It's interesting, like I said earlier, I think um, it's it's going to be I'm, – I'm curious if, if we're going to see a lot of people just not be able to survive this um, in terms of – from a business perspective. Uh, Jared? Yeah, I think in terms of a business perspective, this really drives home the point as to why we all really need multiple streams of income as photographers. That's not to say go get a you know a, a night job delivering pizzas per se, <laughs> um, but uh, or at least I hope not. Anyways, but in any case, you know it's you know there was a time period when some of the people that are on this panel right here probably made close to 100% of their living from stock photography. When you actually had nature photographers that had entire empires that were built, and then they watched digital photography kind of hit the stage, if you will, and you watched the democratization of photography and everything changed. And suddenly you find people that are kind of scrambling to figure out new and different and creative ways to start making a living. Um, I started selling my work when I was back in college. I started writing magazines 
magazine articles, selling images to magazines. And it actually wasn't until right smack dab in the middle of the recession that I started doing workshops. And as they kind of say, you know, necessity is the mother of invention sometimes. And I think that like for me, at least what that taught me about kind of starting this whole new segment of my business was that, you know, a lot of different aspects of our job are not exactly critical to the functioning of society. I mean, personally, I like to think that, of course, my artwork is critical to society and civilization being able to exist, right? Um, but, you know, if, if we're honest with ourselves, it's not really the case. And so therefore, you know, we can be either generalists or we can be specialists. And as a species, right, as human beings, we have survived this far by being generalists, by being able to adapt to situations, by being able to survive off of various different types of resources and stuff like that. And from an ecological perspective, you know, anytime we find an animal, anytime we find a, we find a species that we would call a specialist, we know that there's only one ending for that animal and that's ultimately extinction, right? And so I think that the same can be said to business. If you are 100% dependent upon stock photography or if you're 100% dependent upon workshops for your income, I think that this is a really great example of how that that's not going to be a really great long-term business model. And so everybody in business needs to be looking towards, you know, multiple streams of income. And one way to do that, kind of look at it like uh, basically like a table, if you will. I know that's kind of a, uh, maybe a trite or a cliche example, but, you know, it take mo it takes multiple legs to hold that table up one leg two legs and the thing falls over essentially and so i think that's just a really good thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind moving forward beyond all of this mm, i think that's that's great advice uh go ahead tony no it's funny the uh the first thing i thought of when this became a um became apparent this was going to be an ongoing thing was who would survive out the other side of this who would survive and come out the other side uh still in this business you know i think that's a realistic uh realistic thought you have to change a lot to change with the times. And some people can't, some people don't want to do that, and some can't. So we'll see. Um, that's my first thought. So we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, one of my first thoughts is that it's definitely, I think, going to thin the herd a little bit, so to speak, separate the yeah. wheat from the chaff. Like right. um, I think we're going to see... I personally think we're going to see um, some people kind of drop out of the industry for a while because they, I mean, I'm just being realistic, but I think some people aren't going to be able to survive it because they're not creative or they haven't done some of the things that were just mentioned about diversification. Um, what do you think, Colby? Yeah, I mean, I just want to really quickly um, add on to great information from both Jared and Tony and yourself that 100% diversifying is is key in any any industry. You have to you know adapt or evolve, or unfortunately, your business dies out. Um, just wanted to really quickly add just that you know the core tenements of business really haven't changed since the beginning of time, and that's that as entrepreneurs, as, as small business owners you know, we're problem solvers. The whole idea to find clients that have a problem and then we're trying to solve it. And right now what's happening is that the whole world has this problem of, of you know, lack of travel and service industry and all these things that have been either heavily slowed down or completely shut down. And so now we have a new problem and we have new opportunities to try to figure out what are these new problems that are presenting themselves and how can we solve those for our potential clients? And so a lot of that we've talked about in this, this podcast, a lot of it talking about, you know, digital content and, you know, uh, you know, online education and all things I think is, is great. And part of that diversification, 
But um, regardless of if it's that or other answers, it really just comes down to that simple fact of problem solving. Find out what problems your potential clients have and then try to be creative and, and hopefully lead the charge um, in terms of, of being the one to solve that for them. And then you're going to weather this exponentially better off than the vast majority of everyone else that are a couple steps behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's, I think that's really good advice, Colby. I like the fact that you said that you know, as entrepreneurs, we're problem solvers. And I think if you approach this situation as if we have a solution to a problem, I think it definitely can give you lots of ideas as a photographer, as an educator on how to solve the problem that everyone is currently experiencing. Um, I think it will be interesting to see who's able to pivot quickly enough to be able to to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're also going to see, I mean, if we realistically think about the industry as a whole, <clears throat> the amount of people buying stuff, people are worried about expenses. I think the average cost of things that people are going to be purchasing is going to be smaller. So maybe people aren't going to be spending five, six, seven grand to come on our workshops for a while, but they might buy these other, you know, smaller things, but that's also going to affect the camera manufacturers. I mean, you know, most of us have realized, and I think me and Matt, you, we've talked about it in the past of kind of where the industry is as a whole, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, next year, once the fallout of all this is a little bit more realistic, regardless if we're just in holding for a few months or not, is that we might actually see some camera manufacturers and, you know, other other providers also drop out of the industry because it, it, it will be changed. Well, they could merge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you'll start seeing these brands. It will have to. Um, and, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all, all plays out. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was actually contacted by my uh, printing lab that I use regularly, and they were sounding, I don't want to say desperate, but they are obviously getting impacted by this because I'm I'm sure not a lot of people are purchasing prints right now. And um, I think everyone is kind of grasping at straws a little bit in terms of trying to figure out exactly how they can weather the storm. Um, I'm just hopeful that the the people that I actually really like and admire can figure it out. <laughs> um, I'm curious, do any of you guys uh, make any of your living selling, selling prints at all? Tony? Uh, make a living? No, but we make some money. Um, um, having prints placed in like uh, Johns Hopkins hospitals and those kind of venues, you know? So it's, um, it's episodic. It's a big cash drop. Then it goes off for a few years. But I was thinking uh, as far as the, as, as the other statement, now is the perfect time to sell prints, not big ones, not expensive ones, but like, you know, people want to have stuff in their house and if you can brighten it up with a hundred dollar print. I mean, this might be the time to sell prints. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, um, I was just kind of thinking out loud a little bit, but I think from a marketing perspective, it's it's a catch twenty two because you don't want to drastically lower your your prices so that you know when everything comes out of this, you're uh, you're kind of seen as weird because you're going to raise your prices again. But some in some ways, nineteen. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You have a COVID nineteen sale. <laughs> right. Uh, not quite. Sure. Not quite those words. <laughs> Right, right, uh, Jared. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I think that prints are actually a great idea at this time period. And uh, and especially with uh, with being able to use the kind of the technology that we have at our fingertips now, you know, it's not necessary to go out, buy a tent, you know, drop 20 grand on prints and lights and walls and stuff like that, and then towed around all that stuff in a Sprinter van or anything like that anymore. Um, and so, you know, there are demographics of the population that are not going to be as heavily affected by all of this as other demographics. And so I think it's important to try as an artist in business to identify, you know, maybe where those markets are that you can continue to sell to. And, you know, one really largely, and I might shoot myself in the foot for even saying this, but largely untapped, um, you know, kind of uh, segment of that is actually interior designers, you know, so people with the money to spend on interior design are not the ones that are losing their jobs at the local restaurant, for instance. So, you know, it's just a matter of once again, trying to be creative and understand that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you are an artist. But you're also in business. And there are certain principles of business that apply here. And Colby spoke to that a minute ago, of course, um, with understanding that it's our job to, under- to, to realize that there's problems we need to solve. And so if you look at this as a business, then you start to kind of apply this analytical mind, if you will, to figure out exactly what segments of the population are not being affected by this financially, how you can potentially change and adapt to be able to offer artwork to those segments of population. And, uh, and again, the fact that we have digital technology, the fact that we have the internet and we have social media, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's absolutely fabulous because, I mean, even if you're trying to get into a gallery, you know, you don't have to go walking in with this giant portfolio under under your arm anymore. You know, a lot of times it's simply a matter of an email that goes out to the gallery owner. Um, so it's just really, really finding these different ways like selling prints, for instance, that can that can kind of help some people float through this time until their primary source of income really comes back again. Mm, yeah. What do, what do you think, Jennifer? I agree with what everybody said. Um, I I do understand that it's not just the photo industry that's going to be impacted. It's it's across the board. It's going to separate good business people from ones that maybe aren't so good. Um, and we'll see that across the country, across the world, actually. So for me, I think one of the most important things you could do is diversify, find things you've not done before. But more importantly, ask the people that have been taking your workshops, ask the photographers that follow you, what do you want? So I sent something out to my group and I was like, what would you like me to do for you during this time? And out of that list, so many people came back and said, I'd like just an hour of processing. So I've set something up to where I can just do an hour processing for a small fee, keep some income, you know, coming through. Um, but it also helps them. It's, it is, like you said, it's the coronavirus sale. Everybody's doing it. And I think everybody understands that this is just for now, that eventually we're going to have to go back to a different way of life or hopefully we can recover somewhat. But you have to be creative and you do have to be a good business person and you have to balance those two together. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I, I think that's really good advice. Um, I think it will be really fascinating to see how certain individuals um, come out through the other side of this. And some, some people might not, and maybe that's okay. I don't know. I mean, I hate to sound ER to your, uh, to your Winnie the Pooh, as Tim said earlier. <laughs> Um, thank you all for taking um, the important time out of your 
uh, schedule of, of quarantining <laughs> um, and, and uh, keeping your social distance um, to join us on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for giving Matt. us something to do in the last hour. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. No problem. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to all of our amazing guests who joined us on the podcast for this important discussion. My hope is that you can all stay positive and make some lemonade out of the lemons that we were just dealt by this virus. I think this is a great time to reevaluate your business model or take a step back and tackle some tasks that you've been putting off for a long time. Let's make the most of this. Well, a couple of our guests, including Jennifer King and Tim Cooper, wanted to let you know about some free ways to get involved and some discounts being offered during this time. First up, Jennifer King will be doing free tutorials and webinars over the next month through her website at jenniferkingphoto.com. Also, she and others have created a Facebook group called A Photo A Day, which has Jennifer, Tony Sweet, Jack Curran, Franca Gabler, Jamie Konarski-Davidson, and many other photographers trying to keep people engaged in photography. We will have a link to that group in the show notes. Also, Tim Cooper is offering a 30% discount on his online courses and a 20% discount on his tutoring and image reviews. Just head to timcooperphotography.com. Well, it's a rough time right now for photographers making their living off of photography. Most full-time photographers are independent contractors and freelancers, and their revenues have pretty much dried up for the time being due to COVID-19. I also recognize that many people supporting the podcast on Patreon are probably looking at ways to cut down on discretionary spending, and the podcast is quite possibly one of the first things that you're thinking about cutting. If you're a Patreon supporter impacted by this economic downturn and you decide to temporarily turn off or reduce your support of the podcast, I completely understand. No hard feelings. I just found out that my wife is getting a huge pay cut as well, so it's a tough time for all of us. I did want to let you know that I'm working hard as ever to bring you more valuable content through the podcast. I'm recording some great episodes in the coming weeks, and hopefully you'll find some value in those. I'm also always looking for new and creative angles for the show, so please reach out. I figure some of you have some downtime now, so let's use it productively. If you find yourself in a situation where you're not as heavily impacted by this, then you can help us out. Here are some ways to help out the podcast. Encourage other photographers to listen to the show and support the podcast. Do a review on iTunes, hopefully a good one. Spread the word about the podcast on social media. Support the podcast on Patreon and help us find new and exciting guests that offer value to our listeners. There's some other ways you can help out as well. If you have some spare time and think you can add an interesting perspective to the podcast, shoot me a message and let's talk about getting you on the show. Do you know someone personally that would be great to have on the show? Introduce them to me. How else can the podcast platform help you or the community out? Let me know. I am totally open to your ideas and I want to help you succeed. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.